Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Housing Matters, the Vancouver Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Stuart McNish, coming to you from the studios at Old Boy Productions, specialists in the development of video and podcasts like this one. Today, we're looking at the market from a couple of different perspectives. The first, through the eyes of Vancouver realtor Paul Eviston. The second, from Surrey realtor Mir Khan, who both point out real estate markets are not homogeneous and contrary to what you may think is the case, the market is actually active. Then stay with us to hear from Bill Ferguson, who created the Vancouver Housing Market Collapse, an online group that was designed to arm members with information about the warning signs and signals that Bill is following. I also want to give a shout out to our sponsors this week, who both believe you are better served when you're informed about the issues related to our complex and ever-changing real estate market. The first, Ventura, which is a collection of 70 condominium residences featuring timeless designs conveniently located in the city centre of Abbotsford. Starting with one to three bedroom city homes offered in a variety of layouts, including two level lofts, the future of Abbotsford city centre at today's prices. The 200k plan starts here. You can learn more at VenturaAbbotsford.com. As well, have you heard about the NDP's plan to take control of over 4,000 non-government seniors' home care workers? BC seniors and their families were never consulted. And worst of all, it could disrupt services and cost taxpayers up to 25% more. Please visit handsoffmyhomecare.ca and tell your MLA it's time to put a pause to that plan. Now, let's start with Vancouver Realtor Paul Eviston. Paul. Welcome. Good to see you, Stu. You've been selling real estate for a long time now. How long have you been in the business? Uh, 34 years. So you've seen ups, downs, swinging this way, that way. How do you characterize the market that we're in right now? We are in a market where people are finding it challenging to uh, get financing for local buyers. And that is due in most part to the federal government's implementation of the stress test. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's for first-time buyers, correct? No. No, no that's for, for everybody. Everybody, yeah. yeah. You know, for example, if you're, if you're a small developer and you have multiple sites and you, wanna, you see a, a value opportunity that you'd like to purchase, uh, the fact that you've got multiple sites going, uh, the stress test makes that very challenging to get financing for other opportunities. And it's the same with uh, homeowners. 
So it's just made it much more difficult for uh, home buyers to get finance now. The, the, there's, there's just a lot more that goes into the calculation uh, in terms of what people can uh, get pre-approved for. Mm-hmm. So is that putting a damper on the market in the sector that you're working in, or are you still seeing pretty good activity? The sector that I typically tend to work in most is very active uh, because people have there was an adjustment period after they implemented the stress test mm -hmm. on January 1 of 2018. Yeah. So people now, there's a, there's a footing from which people can move forward uh, in terms of uh, a baseline and people understand what it is now. The market has adjusted in the past 18 months uh, to 24 months in, a, in a, some areas a significant way, but just generally speaking, uh, the market in general has adjusted. So uh, there, there seems to be a level of confidence right now uh, with buyers that, okay, you know, we know what we can afford and prices have adjusted. Uh, let's make a move. Hmm. So the stress test more than anything had the greatest impact on the housing market. Without question biggest impact I've seen in real estate in 34 years. We all read the fact that uh, there is a decline in sales volume and a decline in, in new housing starts. Those are both accurate facts. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, been a, there's been a decline in volume, in numbers of sales and, and housing starts across the board. And, uh, you know, housing starts, I mean, if you're a developer, you're concerned in a declining market mm -hmm. so you're going to be a little more conservative um, and just generally speaking I think that uh, if you take the buyer pool as a whole uh, the majority of people felt that the market was coming down so for first-time buyers it's to their advantage because obviously they only get one time one chance to be a first-time buyer mm -hmm. so everybody likes to figure that they've picked the bottom of the market and of course we all know that only Warren Buffett can pick the bottom of the market <laughs> uh, everybody else is just a fluke so what you have to remember is that people didn't stop coming into BC for the last 24 to 36 months the net in migration into British Columbia has been significant as it as it always is because it's the best place in Canada to live mm -hmm. so We've got this absolute massive buyer pool uh, of people that fundamentally want to own real estate. They don't want to rent. They want to own, and they can own. So we have uh, a, a buyer pool that has grown substantially over the last 24 to 36 months of people that have either decided to hold off or on getting into the market or hold off on trading in the market. And... If you're a buyer who, say, owns a three-bedroom townhome and, and you've really wanted to get into a detached home, but three years ago uh, that was out of reach for you, this is the time uh, to make that move. It's a move-up market. So if you're you know, thinking about, okay, uh, I'm in a one-bedroom, I want to go to a two-bed. I'm in a two-bed, I want to go to a townhouse. This is the time to make that move. The difference between detached homes and strata right now today has never been tighter. 
it's never been a smaller margin to move from a strata property to a detached property in my 34 years anyway. Okay, what I'm hearing you say, Paul, is that despite what we're hearing about the market, this is actually a really good time to be a buyer. Never been a better time. Uh, the last time it was this good to be a buyer would have been, oh, I would say between the summer of 2008 and the spring of 2009. And that was the last big significant downturn in the Vancouver market during the financial crisis. And that downturn lasted really in earnest, only lasted from, say, the summer of 08 to the spring of 2009. By late spring 2009, we were back to multiple offers uh, in the market. So, and, and so do you sense that we're on the cusp of that again? I, my sense of things is that there are still... Um, there are still a lot of uh, buyers that feel the market's going to continue to move down. That's my sense. But I get the feeling they're hoping it's going to continue to move down. But what I'm seeing, uh, what I'm seeing is that sellers have become a lot more reasonable in terms of where they list their property at price-wise. Mm -hmm. Their expectations have been adjusted. And when we see a property come on the market, I had one last week, we listed it, uh, we showed it Thursday, and Thursday night we sold it with multiple offers for nearly $200,000 above the list price. Huh? I thought those stories weren't happening anymore. Oh, they they absolutely are. Yeah. Is Now, is it because there's a uh, lower volume of available houses? Because sellers are saying, I'm go I want to wait and see. But then when they those that do put their house out on the market, there's a there's a pent up demand and, and so they're they're experiencing a lot of interest. There is a lot of pent up demand. There is no doubt about that. Um, but for the right product. So if you're in a neighborhood of a high demand neighborhood, say, you know, like a Main Street, Fraser Street, those areas, those are 95 uh, percent local buyers buying in those areas. There is significant demand for those areas. The prices in those areas have also adjusted downward over the past two or three years. And so buyers are, are sensing that now is a good time to buy. And so we are seeing multiple offers. If the property is priced competitively, if the property is the slightest bit too high in the price, they sit there for weeks and months. Mm. And so discerning buyers for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. People are very well educated as to values uh, in, in our market today. When you have a low volume of sales, everybody knows what every sale has been in the last six months because they're watching that market closely. So people do realize, you know, when something is priced right or if something's priced a little over the, uh, the price point it should be at. So your advice to sellers right at the moment? Price your home right. How do you do that? You, you do that with the help of your realtor and and with an open mind. Mm -hmm. And your advice to buyers? My advice to buyers is don't try to be Warren Buffett and pick the bottom. Pick the right property and buy now. Because I think if we're not at the bottom, we're very close to the bottom. And we're only really ever going to know in hindsight. 
hindsight's always twenty twenty, Stu. We both know that. So there are some people, Paul, who go, yeah, you're sugarcoating this. They're, the, uh, the market is precarious and could collapse. What's your feeling about that when you hear those kinds of warnings? I've been hearing those warnings for 34 years, ever since I got into real estate. And the market has come off in a, in a meaningful way um, several times in that, la in that 34 years. Uh, most notably was uh, 2008, 2009 during the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. we, we saw prices come off in some areas of the city uh, by as much as 30% yeah. at a maximum. We've seen greater than 30% uh, declines in the past 24 to 36 months in some parts of the city. But that's mostly in the over $3 million range because of the school tax and a wide variety of other measures that have been put in place. That's accurate. Yeah. The rest of the market has adjusted anywhere from sort of 10 to 15 percent. So okay, that's not a huge correction. No, no, and and the reason it hasn't really adjusted more than ten to fifteen percent is there's demand. So um, because people keep moving to Vancouver, the the people didn't stop moving here three years ago. They just stopped buying here. So when the floodgates open, look out. It's not going to be fun if you're a buyer. So my advice is while the market is calm is a great time to buy and and waiting till you you know with certainty that you're at you're past the bottom you're going to lose out so i can imagine somebody listening to you or watching right now going yeah 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 you're being self-serving because you want to sell right now i get the sense you don't care you want to buy now you want to buy later it doesn't matter we're the busiest we've been in three years right now right now right now we're the busiest we've been in three years um, and the reason for that is local buyers are buying in earnest and we're dealing with a lot of customers that are moving up out of their smaller home into a larger home, m moving from one location to another location because they see the value in the other location because the price point there has come off substantially and they're like, this is a great move. So... Um, the opportunities are out there in the market right now, uh, and you know we're definitely uh, communicating that to our clients, and and we are exceptionally busy right now. So, do you believe that the provincial government's efforts, coupled with those of the city of Vancouver, have helped to ensure that it is those local buyers who are the most active, and the people who, you know, are the beneficiaries of these? Uh, programs that governments have put in place. No, I don't believe they have at all. Huh? And and my my reason there is, Stu, is that uh, um, the same buyers are buying the same properties in in much lower numbers, but we're seeing the same buyers buy the same properties. They're just buying them at a very substantial discount. So so these measures that that the uh, provincial and, and uh, civic governments have put in place, <clears throat> they've, generated, they've generated some revenues for the provincial government and the civic governments. Uh, but in terms of trying to create uh, more places to live for, for people that need to rent, mm -hmm. um, I think that, that that goal is not gonna be achieved 
by implementing the, the changes that they have. Uh, that's something that has to be addressed on a much larger scale because it is a significant problem in, in, in the lower mainland is housing. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> until the provincial government addresses that problem in a meaningful way, you're always going to have people that are struggling to find a place to live at a reasonable cost. The market never goes up forever and the market never goes down forever. So if you're a first time buyer looking to buy, I think that, um, like I said, if we're not at the bottom, we're very close to the bottom. And, uh, and I say that because I see the numbers of people that are out looking to purchase right now. So when I see that much activity in the marketplace, it's typically, uh, it, it's a sign that uh, people feel the same way, that they think, okay, you know, this is a good buying opportunity. We should uh, take the plunge. And if it goes down a couple of more percent, who cares? But the reality is Vancouver's Vancouver, and you just can't keep it down. Well, thank you, Paul. Joining me now is Mir Khan from Surrey. Thanks for joining me here on Housing Matters. You are a realtor. Yes, Stuart. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am a realtor. You sell houses. That's right. And let's take a look at the market right now. Are you selling many houses? At this moment, the buyer's market is quite strong. The seller's, it's a different conversation. But does that mean that, you're, uh, that there are many housing sales that are happening? Are the transactions there the way they were a couple of years ago? The couple of years ago, the inventory was a lot less. So the transactions were going a lot more. So there was a certain point last in 2017, so two years back, where the inventory coming in and the sales happening were the exact same almost. The, the percentage between them was maybe within single digits, so maybe 5 to 7% was the, the variance. Um, otherwise, everything that was on the market was selling. So it would go on the market and it was selling. But the number of houses that were going on the market was still pretty high compared to what we see today, was it not? The numbers were high, but their sales were also very high. So they come in, they go out. And the average sale on days on market was about 11 days, approximately, to just say about two weeks, just in, to be safe. In, in 2017? <laughs> yep, 2017. And today? Today we're looking at about 40 days on average for detached homes in Surrey. To be on the market? Uh, once they're on the market to get sold, uh, that's an average. So Surrey's not being affected as badly as other parts of our province, but we are still affected quite a bit. And how's it affecting you and your business? In my business, what's happening is the sellers, um, has, uh, they still have a high expectation of the value of their home. They mm -hmm. estimate the value to be much higher. So what we are doing as realtors is trying to put that correct, the, the right perspective, for, for lack of better words, to the sellers and show them, you know what, the market is not what it was a couple of years back or even a year back. Mm -hmm. We need to show you what the value is right now. And most sellers, like one of my colleagues, I was just speaking to him while driving here, mm -hmm. and he's one of the top Fraser Valley realtors. Um, he's actually one of the number ones. One. So anyways, we, we, we chat, and he was saying, you know what, he had three clients, sellers, that he had to say no to because their expectations were none. And same with myself. So I, he's turning away the opportunity to list that property. That's right. I did one yesterday as well. You turned somebody away? Yep. And why? And, and is, is that because their expectations are out of touch with where the market is now? Yep. Give you an example with the same client that when I said no, they wanted 1.465 for, for their home, detached home. Uh, after doing the comparative market analysis, the CMA, I realized that the value for that home at this market today was maximum maybe 1.2, but I would I recommend if we start at 1.149.
Okay, that's a significant uh, difference. We're talking $300,000. That's right. And last year or two years ago, would that house have sold quite easily at asking? It would have, at that price, yes. Wow. So the, the impact of government programs on you and your clients or potential clients has been fairly dramatic. It has been, and good thing you bring that up because one of the largest impacts since January 2018, once the, uh, the stress test was implemented, since then till now, it's been it's been really bad for the buyers to come in the market, and the sellers are being affected. Even today, we, while I was just chatting with my other colleague, um, the construction workers now who used to build those homes, they are getting about two to three shifts a week. That's what he said. So that's the ripple out effect. It is. So, and the other thing is immigration-wise as well, more students are coming into Canada. Uh, Mr. Trudeau has introduced uh, a, a good uh, immigration uh, policy. Policy, exactly, <laughs> yeah, for lack yeah. of any better word. So, yeah. so there's more people coming in, and a lot of people are coming into Surrey, and uh, that this is where an influx of population is happening. And that's why our market has not been as heavily affected as other parts in our province, but yeah. we are still affected. The price have come down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and the inventory ha- has been growing quite rapidly. So are you saying it's the stress test that has had the greatest impact on sales in your market? Yes. The not stress. what the provincial government's doing, but what the federal government was doing. The stress test was number one. Then the, fe- the provincial government was other factors. Number two as well, yes. Having vacant homes, that was one. And then now with the new speculation, uh, tax, that's another impact as well that's happening. A lot of people that still don't understand what's going on. They're still confused. And I know they, they have extended the deadline. I still don't know how many people have. And I've told all of my clients, you know what, you need to get that complete. You know, you have to better. file this in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You better get it in. And and what about the school tax? Are many of your uh, clients or, or uh, previous clients, are they affected by that as well because they're in homes valued in excess of $3 million? Or is that not such a big portion of the Surrey market? No, it's not a huge portion for us. No one's been talking about that yet in Surrey that I haven't been aware of. Mm, okay, so that's not affecting you. But the speculation tax, that's something to be con- concerned about. Um, now, the federal government has come along and, of course, is, through CMHC, said, well, you know, we'll help you out if you're a first-time buyer. We'll become a co-investor, in essence, in your property. Is that uh, giving some of those first-time buyers an opportunity to get in where maybe they couldn't have because of the stress test? That's also a great question. They, the uh, When they forecast they're going to be doing that was October 15th, I believe, this year. So. That's something they're planning that they're going to be doing, but I've talked to some of my first-time buyers, and even when the initial grant was there for for thirty to five, uh, for for three thirty two thousand five hundred, mm-hmm. when they took that away without telling anybody, um, so that was a shock to a lot of buyers who were still in the market, first-time home buyers. I was working with, they said, "Well, this was gone," and I had to tell them, you know what, break the news when they were still looking at the point, and they hadn't found anything that they wanted to buy. So that once that impact came in, they were they were not able to get that grant. And it went away when the stress test came in, didn't it? It was shortly or, after. Yeah. 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 Um, but then with the new um, introductions, it's not affecting anything really. No one's really looking forward to that grant and saying, okay, you know what, we'll wait until that's that's actually finalized. Because they don't think it's going to make that big of no. a difference. But it is slowing down the market for first-time buyers. First-time buyers, yes. Um, I've had clients that have had money sitting in the bank, but just because they're first-time home buyers, the stress test is holding the back. And they make good income as well. Mm-hmm. So previous to stress test, they would have bought a property, no problem. Yeah. Now it's taking finance-wise. Uh, one of my clients with the RBC took them a, a while. Uh, I, took, I had my subject removal for one week. I had to extend it two times. 
It took that long for, for it to get uh, approved. Yes, but finally it did get approved. But it did take that long. Um, and at a certain point, we weren't even sure if that, 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 that client was going to be able to buy that home. So in the last week or two, we've heard that the number of uh, uh, homes that have sold in British Columbia is down, mm -hmm. significantly down. And you have started to do your own market analysis. What's your analysis telling you about what's happening in Surrey? What's happening in Surrey right now, if you're looking at detached home, for these two markets, the yeah. detached home market and the attached home, the attached homes are the condos and the townhomes. Right, which is a quickly growing sector within Surrey as it is virtually everywhere else. Absolutely, yeah. and that's exactly what is happening. So in Surrey mm -hmm. right now, if you look at 2019, um, for detached homes to 2018, there's a variance of 6%. So the price has only dropped about 6%. That's it. That's so it. the prices in Surrey have held quite well. They have held quite well, yep. Not the same as the city of Vancouver. Nope. No. Not at all. Yeah. A, this is a point where we have to be careful not just to listen to Vancouver-centric news. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Because yeah. Surrey is a whole new world in our site. There's, you know, we have not been affected as badly. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, next statistic. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other stats as well, like if you look at now for the attached homes, the market has actually appreciated from 2018 to 2019 by 5%. Gone up. Gone up in terms of sales. Wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. And it, it, that's because it's still affordable. It is. Well, that's good. So your, your business is staying reasonably robust. Uh, what I see that you got six different uh, comparisons there. I want to know them all. Okay, perfect. Yeah. The next one is for the detached homes inventory. So the the first one we talked about was the price. Yeah. Now it's the inventory. The inventory has actually gone up by fifteen percent. It's gone up by fifteen percent. Everything you're telling me right now is contrary to what I keep hearing about what's going on in Vancouver. Yep. Yeah. It has well, Vancouver I think has gone up in inventory as well, but in terms of the sold homes, that has gone down by sixteen percent from 2018 uh, to 2019. So that's where the inventory is growing mm -hmm. in the market. Because of that, yep. the differential. So the total number of sales has, has dropped. Has dropped. Especially in relationship to the number of homes that are coming on the market. That's right, yep. Okay, and so then what does that do as far as price pressure, going back to what you were saying earlier, um, when people are expecting one thing and you have to tell them, well, you got a lot of competition out there. That's right. When the buyers come into perspective, they feel that the price should be a little bit lower. So there's a lot of negotiations going on, and the days on market is gradually increasing. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be a little bit lower, but it, it, it's, it's an up-and-down battle on the how many days the market. But right now, the average is about 37 days in Surrey for a detached home. Mm. Uh, to being on market, whereas the, on the other side, now if you're looking at attached homes, going back to the other graphs you mentioned or other charts I have here, the attached homes inventory was um, 1,015 in 2019, and 2018 was 529. So it's 92 percent um, is the the increase now. So it's almost double the inventory that was there last year versus what it is right now. There's a lot of people that are able to afford homes. So even the sales, look at the sales side as well, just before I answer that mm -hmm. question. So 2019 to 2018, the sales variance, how many were sold was negative 21%. So there's 21% less homes selling Did versus it? what they were in 2018. Oh. So now going back to your question, what is, what is that doing to the market? Well, right. the buyers are still negotiating quite heavily and some buyers are on the fence still mm -hmm. they say you know what all the prices are going to come down further um, the people that do qualify for finance that that are motivated and active they are still pursuing and they're buying and there's still multiple offers even today still multiple offers yeah but it sounds to me that you're saying that the psychology of the buyer has gone from i better move fast and i better bid high otherwise i'm not going to get in to 
I can afford to grind this out. Yes, that is absolutely correct. People are taking that risk. And for the majority, they are. it's a good decision for them. Yeah. For the majority of the part, not always. <laughs> and how does that affect you when you're out there trying to, to get a sale? <laughs> well, if it's a, a buyer that is motivated and they are financially qualified and approved and they're ready to go, then they, if they listen to the realtor, that's the other option <laughs> or the other side of the coin. Because some buyers say, oh, no, no, the market is this. My friend is telling me this. You know, This is what I'm reading on the media or hearing from news. So there's a media impact somewhat, but then there are the buyers that are listening to the realtors and they say, you know what, we are in this full time and we do this day in, day out, seven days a week, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where they, the buyers come out winning. So the buyers, they get a good price. They also get, um, they, they don't, in a, in a position of multiple offers, that doesn't happen usually. Yep. But people who are listening to the media, they say, oh, it's an big big to wait. Usually for them, they keep losing offers after offers after offers because they don't, either don't want to go high offer or they start on a lower, much lower offer that, that's not reasonable. And the, but the sellers, um, they don't want to sell at that price still, even mm-hmm. for detached homes and attached homes. So I have a fellow coming in here uh, in about two hours from now. He uh, started a group called the Vancouver Ma- Housing Market Collapse. What you're telling me is, no, that's not the case. In Vancouver, perhaps that's the case, not in Surrey. And so our market, the market has not collapsed yet. And I don't, I don't think it's going to. So from your perspective, it, it remains strong. Mm-hmm. Just not like it was a couple of years ago. That's right. And you can live with that. Oh, I'm happy. And there's no realtors, as of as far as I know, that are changing businesses from being a realtor to something else. Um, it's just the construction workers are being affected. There's a few ripple effects because of the builders' side. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the realtor side, the population is still moving into Surrey. And there's still limited inventory and people who come in. Um, they sometimes have money, especially the immigrants that are coming in into our province, they, they have money coming in. I have a couple of clients that have just moved in from India, um, and they bring a lot of money with them. So Wow. Okay, this is a, a, a different picture than the one that, you know, on the outside you think, oh, yeah, okay, this is what's happening, and it's happening throughout the region. What you're telling me is Surrey's in pretty good shape. We are in good shape, yeah. I don't think... Um, for now, we, 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 I have done really well this year for what I've done last year to compare to what I was last year in April to where I am now in May. I've done much better this year than last year. Isn't that interesting? And yet you would have considered last year to be a hotter market than, than this year, but you're, you're doing well. So uh, what's your advice to sellers right at the moment and followed by what's your advice to buyers? For sellers, what I've done just to make sure that the market stays in check and just so that sellers are aware of what's happening with the market, like I've, I've spent thousands of dollars creating guide for them. So that's something that, that I have on my channel. And even for the buyer side, same thing. I've created you know a, a guide for them. So it gives them step-by-step analysis of how and what they should be looking for and how they should be um, educating themselves. So it's an educational piece of material, more or less, but it gives them a good guide just to see, you know what, if the market is doing this, then this is what you need to do. And if the market is switching, then this is what we need to do. But again, the guide won't, will only guide you as far as a guide can. The realtor is the ultimate uh, uh, source of information. Then they, we know what's happening with the market. Even before the market switches, we have a good understanding of where the trends are going. Okay. So you're saying trust your realtor. Now, I'm not going to end on that last question. I'm going to end on this one. How, as a consumer, do I know whether or not I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with somebody who has you know, the right kind of insights that allow me to make uh, properly informed decisions? What, what should I be looking for in choosing a realtor? 
those are that's actually a question with many parts to it. Yes. <laughs> but just to summarize, the realtors need to be in their specific location. So I would give an example. If I'm a realtor in Surrey, I will be not be selling anything in uh, North Vancouver because I don't know the North Vancouver market. Well, I do know that from the stats point of view, but I don't live in there. I don't eat and breathe and sleep in there. So that's not my neighborhood. So the, the, that's one thing the the uh, seller or the buyer should be cautious of because realtors, if they're picking a business for the sake of business, the client's best interest, I feel, is not personally looked after. So the, the, the realtor needs to be local. Yep. That's a very important fact. So the realtor knows what's happening in the market in terms of what businesses are coming, what developments are coming in. Um, anything, if, if there's casino being built, you need to know that. If there's a new grocery store coming in, if there's a new development coming in, what is, what is the zoning in that area? Right. What is the city of Surrey doing in this area right now? What is the city of Delta doing? In, so you have to know all those aspects. If I live in Surrey, I don't know what's happening in North Vancouver for that matter. Right. So I wouldn't go in North Vancouver and start helping clients there. Um, that's one thing. And the other thing is you need to keep up with your stats and the news. Uh, the boards are doing really well mm -hmm. in terms of educating and implementing realtors saying you have to take these courses and getting, keeping them up to date. Yep. But the realtors also need to take the initiative to keep up to date with all the other news, like especially the legal updates that come out for realtors. That's very important. And that helps my, our, our broker manager for, for my Century 21 office. Mm -hmm. um, he always takes time and educates all of his agents. Um, making sure that they, they know what the legal updates are and how that can impact their business. Right. So you want to make sure that your realtor is armed with good information that is current. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks for coming in and doing this. Pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for having me again. My, oh, it's, it's our pleasure. Thank you for sharing. Now, contrary to what you just heard from Paul and Mir, our next guest says, eh, not so fast. In fact, he thinks the signs of a market collapse are everywhere, and he wants his followers to be aware of them and to prepare appropriately. Bill Ferguson, welcome. Oh, thank you very much, Stuart. Nice to be here. You went and created a group, what's it called? Metro Vancouver Housing Collapse. You really believe that the market is collapsing? Well, actually, I do. It's been in the works for quite a while now, so I just decided to uh, post what I think is uh, going on out there. It's kind of a Huffington Post type of site, you know, different articles are posted by not only myself, but other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it gets dis discussion going on what's going on out there. So what's your take on what's happening in the market? How, how would you give me, like, the, the overview of what's, what's going on? Well, it's definitely trending down. There's no question about it. I mean, if you look at the daily stats like we do, um, for example, the detached market peaked in 2016 in the spring. And right now, sales for the detached segment are off uh, 70%. From then? From then. Yeah. Uh, condos peaked, I believe, in, what was it, January 2018, and they're trending down. Uh, all segments are showing reduced pricing. Uh, so aggregate dollar transaction volumes are way down. Um, Realtors are finding it more difficult to sell nowadays. I mean, there's less um, potential buyers out there, obviously. Sales uh, inventories are gaining every every day. Um, so I can't see anything to turn it around for sure. What to you is the number one reason why this is happening? Well, this, this bubble has been going on for a long time, and it's basically composed of two segments. Mm -hmm. uh, the first, bubble one, was about from... 2003, and then it started peaking around 2008, 2009, and that was a result, um, probably, of uh, the flood of uh, liquidity 
that was uh, released by the Bank of uh, Canada mm -hmm. in concert with the Federal Reserve in the U.S. as a response to the Nasdaq collapse on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. uh, After the tech bubble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, that, when, the, when the tech bubble peaked uh, in, uh, I think it was March of 2000, uh, it you know, took some time to completely reach bottom. Mm -hmm. But the uh, Federal Reserve in the U.S. was very concerned that uh, it was going to have a widespread impact, a negative impact on the U.S. economy. So they reduced interest rates to rock bottom historical lows, and we followed suit. And that's what sparked housing, uh, the housing bubble in, in uh, the Vancouver area. Right, because they made borrowing affordable. Oh yeah, and and then when the start the market started to correct, uh, that was also around the time of the the GFC on Wall Street, Lehman Brothers collapse and all that. Uh, once again, interest rates were lowered, uh, but our uh, federal government and CMHC and the Bank of Canada uh, came in with emergency interest rates and other measures to goose housing again in order to create a wealth effect mm -hmm. among consumers. Uh, through housing, rising home values so that people would go out and spend money. And they did. They bored their brains out. Mm -hmm. I mean, per capita debt loads in the Vancouver area are now, I think, $1.70 per dollar earned. Um, and people went out and speculated in housing, and which drove the prices higher and higher. And that drew in a lot of speculative behavior. Uh, foreign buyers showed up on the scene, especially at the peak, uh, I think the numbers given were about 15 to 20% of uh, purchases in the 2016 peak were foreign, foreign buyers. Uh, now we're seeing how much money laundering was uh, evident at that time as well. But needless to say, I believe that the whole, um, the whole argument can be made that this was all based on the lowest interest rates in Canadian history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we also have to factor into uh, the equation that there was a flood of capital out of China by people who were suddenly exceedingly rich and they were wanting to park their money in places where they felt that it was more secure. And Vancouver was one of those target cities. Uh, that's what some people claim. But if you look at other bubble scenarios, um, you know, uh, Phoenix, Miami, uh, Las Vegas, Dublin. I mean, there's other places throughout the world that went through spectacular housing run-ups, mm -hmm. not just us, but we didn't allow our, our market to correct the way theirs did. Mm -hmm. All we have done since uh, 2008, 2009 is pilot higher and deeper. And the foreign money came in here uh, as a response to that. I mean, when they saw what was going on, uh, they decided to join the party. Uh, you know, it's like uh, if you're some teenager and you get a, a message from a friend that you can either go on Friday night to play Monopoly at such and such a place or, or join a huge house party down the block. I mean, most people, you know, would go to the house party. So nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. When this bubble was in full swing, others joined in. They, mm -hmm. they piled in. They had the, the means to do so. And then when the market peaked, they sensed it was peaking and they decided to cash out and move on. And the, the foreign buyer levels have only been about 3 to 3.5% three since 2016. So which begs the question, well, if these people are so well-heeled, as everyone says, why would a 15% or, at the time, surcharge matter to them? Well, or if there was so much more upside potential to be gained in the market, why, why wouldn't they stick around? Okay, here's what I know is that at the same time that we were introducing the foreign buyer's tax, the government of China 
was in a position where it was saying, we have to stop this outflow of Chinese right. capital. Right. And they clamped down mm -hmm. to the point where a maximum amount that a Chinese national can take out of the country now is $50,000 a year. Right. And that's not enough to buy a house in, in, in Vancouver. No. And, but it also had impact on other markets. Mm -hmm. So in conjunction with the foreign buyers tax, the, the government of China was taking great pains to hang on to its own cash because it had to. The International Monetary Fund was looking at what they were doing and saying, you're overextended. You're going to have to raise the value of your currency unless you can get this back in, uh, into alignment. And so they took action and it was swift. Uh, and so it has an impact here that gets compounded by the actions of, of our uh, our governments, because remember, it was Christy Clark's government that first of all introduced the foreign uh, buyers tax, and then now under Premier Horgan's government, they have uh, compounded that. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Well, I truly believe that uh, as a as a, during the election campaign, uh, leading up to the election campaign, that the foreign buyers tax was brought in by the Clark government mm -hmm. as optics. Yes. I mean, they wanted to look like they were championing the cause of affordability among locals and, you know, and all this. And so that's why it was brought in and proposed and brought in. And, but they knew that the market was rolling over anyway. I mm -hmm. mean, all, all housing bubbles pop. Uh, given enough time, it doesn't matter what policy measure might be put in place or, or you know, restrictions of capital flow from China. Every housing bubble will pop eventually. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in... Ireland just uh, a year ago, and I was driving around the island, and, uh, you know, I heard horror stories about the collapse over there. I mean, it's still resonating through the economy. And, uh, you know, you talk to people from Spain or, or, you know, even the UK when they went through the bubble, or and, of course, the US. I mean, I've been to Miami. I've been to all those places where they experienced uh, major bubbles. Well, especially after 2008. Well, sure, and they're just coming, some of those markets are just coming back now. Yeah. You know, like Seattle, for example, you know, but even they're starting to correct again. So now they're saying, okay, bubble two, time's up, you know, time for a correction. And a lot of those West Coast markets especially are starting to correct as we speak. So the, the foreign money element, in my opinion, um, it, it showed up after the party was in full swing. They saw an opportunity to make more money. Mm -hmm. When they did, they sensed it was starting to correct, and then they started pulling out. Um, again, if, if there was so much upside potential, they would have stuck around. You know, uh, and what we've seen in the condo market, especially, I mean, it really kind of took off in my mind after Clark came out with that first-time buyer's plan, the $37,000, you know, um, loan. And that kind of got people second-guessing. Hmm, if I take all this loan, maybe other people will too. And then they started second-guessing each other, and then all of a sudden, uh, condomania started. Mm -hmm. And uh, that rode to an all-time peak, you know, and so, so now it's correcting that, too. Are you saying that we kind of like uh, ran, ran roughshod over the uh, checks and balances that we had in place to make sure that people weren't becoming overextended, and as, as a result of doing that, that's where we find ourselves now? Oh, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Um, I mean, people, a lot of people were seized by FOMO, you know. Uh, right. and, You're and missing out. Oh, yeah. The media played a huge role in that. The real estate industry played a huge role in that. And I do believe, too, that they, they use the foreign buyers uh, as um, um, a way of spooking locals into buying. Mm -hmm. You better get in now. You know, I mean, they're coming. And so what are people supposed to think? And when you have it pounded into your head year after year that there's no better place on the planet than Vancouver, everybody wants to live here, 
uh, all that stuff. I mean, that's just the usual bubble talk, you know? They say that in every single city that has ever experienced a housing bubble. Okay, so Bill, you must get a bunch of people going, and, and I did a little research about this, and people say to me, no, 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 foreclosures are not, uh, not even close to 1%. Uh, we've got checks and balances in place. You're misguided. You ha you must have people saying like, "Shut up! Oh, <laughs> I don't time. want to hear what you have to say." Oh, sure, sure. Because they're worried that what you're saying may further influence the market. Of course they are. I mean, there's gobs and gobs of money to be made. You know, I mean, or lost, or lost, and people are finding that out now. Um, you know, I've I've seen this. I've, I say this on my site. I've seen the same circus before, but with different clowns. Uh, I was born and raised in Vancouver area 65 years ago, this September. I was mm -hmm. born in 1954. And my, I had aunt and uncles living on the west side, on the east side. We lived in New Westminster, Coquitlam. I mean, I've seen this kind of thing happen before. Uh, my parents bought a brand new house in Coquitlam in 1966, mm. and it tripled by 1973 when they decided to sell it and move to Chilliwack. Uh, you know, and then that market took a dip. And then, and then there was a huge boom, of course, in 81 which was uh, the brakes were put on that one due to the huge run up High in interest, interest rates. rates. Yeah. But I say what is different about this one and why it is so high is we've never seen interest rates so low for so long before. I mean, this is a historical anomaly. And um, you either have, as in that case in those days, you either have high rates equals low prices or low rates equals high prices, mm -hmm. as we have seen. Either way, you're going to have a correction to restore equilibrium. Right. That's what's going to happen. And what upsets me, too, about this current mess we're in, uh, and it's unraveling quite, quite sharply, is that there's no plan B in place. In the early 80s, we had these huge mega projects underway. We had this Expo construction, Sky, Expo SkyTrain line, Northeast Coal, Tumbler Ridge, uh, Alex Fraser Bridge, um, the Coquihalla Highway. There were these huge projects already in place when the housing collapse happened then. And so when all those real estate-related jobs were lost, we at least had those to fall back on. There's nothing this time. I mean, when these jobs are gone, and, and not to mention just realtors and, and, and mortgage brokers, but all the, um, you know, furnishing, home furnishings and construction and, and supply uh, chain, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of job losses here. Okay, so what's your greatest fear? Well, I um, what. What, another reason I started this site is to give a warning to especially young people, young couples, who have never experienced this kind of thing before. And I've been through this before. I remember, right. like I said, yep. the early 80s. And it still resonates in my mind because I know people that went bankrupt. They, they, they lost everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, people overextended themselves. And that's what's going on again. And I'm just trying to warn people to be cautious, especially young, young people. So, so is, are, is that the main focus that you have? Or is it a larger... I'm worried about what the impact on the economy is going to be have because the housing market. Well, well that too, that too. I mean, it, it really ticks me off that it was allowed to get to this point. There was no reason for this to happen. Uh, but as I call it, the plunge protection team, uh, meaning the CMHC, mm. which uh, increased uh, lending caps to $600 billion. And it was only after those limits were reached that the big six banks suddenly become more prudent in their lending. You know, oh, now that we have skin in the game, maybe we have to be a little more careful about who we lend to. Uh, the Bank of Canada, with practically 
non-existent mortgage rates, interest rates. Uh, the Harper government at the time, after the GFC, mm-hmm. with 40-year amortizations and 0% down payments for a while, and, and the rise of the MICs in around 2012, mm-hmm. uh, that's when they started to really kind of show up here in this country. So to answer that question, mm-hmm. those are lagging indicators. Foreclosures, uh, the, the housing indicators. lagging indicators. Too late by then. They will come. They yeah. will come. Uh, what we're seeing now, uh, as the latest news was housing starts are up, you know, in the country, probably in this area too. But those are lagging indicators. Uh, by the time, when you think about it, I mean, some people think, oh, these developers are really smart. I mean, they, they're, they're not going to invest millions and millions into a, a declining market. Well, not always. I mean, they get caught, they get caught short too. And, and by the time, the thing is, by the time... Um, it takes to assemble the assemble the land, arrange the financing, the construction crews, uh, it, all all of that goes with it. Uh, it's over. The bubble's over, and you're past the point of no return for for less or little return than you expected. So, what would you like to see done, and who's going to do it? Because we've got feds, we've got provincial, we've got cities, municipalities, villages. Like, there's so many different jurisdictions. Who needs to get ahead of this? in a way that you think will help to uh, make sure that we don't crash through the floor, but rather bottom up? Well, we're definitely going to find a bottom. Uh, all, as I say, all bubbles and you pop. don't think we're there? Oh, no. No. No, there's a lot of more unraveling to come yet. Uh, give it another two years, for sure. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we've got a lot of... Uh, but, I mean, I remember we had a dip in 1998. And I remember uh, a condo complex in Squamish being auctioned off for Mm -hmm. each unit was being auctioned off for like pennies on the dollar. And that was a mild blip, you know, a Mm -hmm. mild downturn. Um, No, no, this is this is going to get quite ugly. And uh, I mean, it's happened in other places. People look at me and they say, what are you talking about? You know, I say, well, it's happened in other places. Yeah, but this is Vancouver. This is different. No, it's not. We're, We're not immune to any of the things that have gone on in other places. And so because I'm going to run out of time, can I uh, get to the point, I guess, which is that yeah. you are trying to forewarn people to protect themselves? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, like you don't have skin in the game here. No, no, not at all. But no. you think and some people, people have accused me of that. Like, yeah. oh, what's his, what's his hidden agenda? And I said, oh, come on. That'll be ridiculous. I mean, come on. Uh, no, I'm retired. I have time on my hands. This is, a, this is something I've seen coming for a long time. And I want people to know what I know and see what I see. Well, you're definitely getting it out there on a date multiple (laughs) times daily. I I found you through Facebook because you're posting constantly. And there's no doubt that you're, you're, it's not like you're posting your opinion. You're, you are directing people to articles that support what you say say is happening. And, you know, I think it's a a worthwhile and valuable resource. There's a lot of information out there. You just have to know where to tap into it. Well, thanks for coming in and sharing some of what you know. If people want to get behind and and learn more about what you're doing, they can can become a follower of... uh, Metro Vancouver Housing Collapse. On Facebook. On Facebook. Thank you very much, Stuart. Well, thank you, Bill. And that wraps up today's show. Now, just before I sign off, I want to encourage you to take in a couple of other Vancouver Sun and Province podcasts. The first is White Towel, hosted by Paul Chapman. Paul and a series of guest hosts bring you everything you want to and need to know about the Vancouver Canucks. And then, for all you news junkies on things political in Victoria, you're going to want to tune in to In the House, hosted by Mike Smith and Rob Shaw. 
So thank you for tuning in on Apple Podcasts, the VancouverSun.com, theprovince.com, and the Vancouver Sun's YouTube channel. I'm going to encourage you to subscribe because you don't want to miss an episode. As well, I want to acknowledge Arnold Cheng, Greta Gibson, and Derek Hader, without whom this show would not be possible. What a great team I get to work with. I'm Stuart McNish. Thanks for joining us on Housing Matters, the Vancouver Real Estate Show. See you next time. Mm-hmm.